This is Simon Torres, Arsenal supporter of Charm City Gooners. You are listening to the DOE Football Show, and I'm here to tell you that it could be worse. You could be an Everton fan. It definitely could be worse. Oh, yeah, well, Simon, how about them boys, okay? Fuck you. <laughs> hey, you know what? You shut the fuck up. The beard's here. Hi. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I'm in the driver's seat tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to take a big dump all over the blues. Now let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right, yeah, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smell the Malort. Look straight in shorts. Sam Graham, Sam Hello and welcome to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League as told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Graham, and across the way from me is my co-host for the evening, Mr. Rob Holmes. How you doing, Rob? I'm top of the table. I mean, I'm doing great. <laughs> That's right. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, anything going on in your world? What's happening? Oh, you know. Anything I mean, fun? Just, uh, relishing and all of what is going good in my life. I mean, Arsenal is... Top of the table. That's right. That's about all I have to say. Absolutely right. Producer Sam, how are you today, sir? That's a mean look. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> you know, either you hit the post or you don't hit the post. You don't elongate the show <laughs> Listen, until we get to the fucking post. Let me tell you something. Just call me Bakuyo Sacco, okay? <laughs> I took the entire curve in there to find that far corner. Uh-huh. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> you just keep telling yourself that, okay, stud? We're recording at the DU Public House just outside our nation's capital. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there are many ways you can. Mr. Holmes, please tell the good people how they can get in touch. You can find this lovely show at DU Football Show on all the socials, and you can email us if you'd like at dufootballshow at gmail.com. Especially Mike Rogers. Mike Rogers can definitely email us whenever he likes. I'm going to have to call him and get in touch with him. Yeah, hey, by the way, Sam, you want to punch into that, you know, into the next segment a little bit better, but you're doing all right. Keep up the good work there, stud. Okay. Wow. I'd like to hit the mute button. It'd be great. Yeah. He, My, told me, he told me before this, he was like, hey, I'm going to be doing the ones and twos, so this is going to be up to you and Graham. I'm going to keep quiet, and this isn't yeah, it's not All he's done start. is not talk. A good I know. My muterus, my choice. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do I need to mansplain it to you? <laughs> let me let me tell you something about trans camels, okay? <laughs> <laughs> They're putting something in the sand. Uh, <laughs> producer Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry. Rob just partakes a lot. Mm-hmm. And all three of us have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand during this show and every single show. Rob, what beautiful spirit are we drinking this evening? We're drinking a 10-word long bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> it is the uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company Collaborative Series Plantation Rum Barrel Finished. It comes in at 104 proof. You could find it on the shelf, so you should be right around $160. And the Whiskey Advocate panel rating is 93. 
And today's uh, blurb comes to you from Jeffrey Lindenmuth from the Whiskey Advocate. Barkstown Bourbon Company has proven itself among the most innovative masters of blending and finishing with little regard for tradition. This is not as adventurous as some of the, their experiments, but it is no less successful. This 10-year-old Tennessee bourbon spent 22 months in plantation rum barrels. The result offers savory herbs balanced with caramel on the nose, flavors of dark chocolate, roasted coffee, and red fruit before a finish with generous baking spices and leather. Excellent cold reader. Yeah, he is pretty Probably good. Actually, better cold reader than you, and better than Mel. I was going to say thank you, since I don't actually tout myself as being a good cold reader. You have done it before multiple times. I'm an excellent cold reader. <laughs> I've done it like three. So, <laughs> cheers. Uh, this is fan fucking tastic. It's excellent. The I get a lot of banana up front. Actually, uh, you'll get that from from plantation. anything rum. Yeah, you get a well, lot of banana well, on the back too. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder what the uh, what the plantation barrel is because if this was one of their Jamaican barrels, one of the big notes of a Jamaican run very specifically is, is banana. Is yeah. banana because of the esterification process, where basically you allow the yeast cells to eat at the uh, sugars a little bit longer, and that's what gives it that big banana flavor. Um, I do have to say, this comes to us from uh, my good friend Savannah, who works with uh, the Bardstown distilling company and uh she sent it down to me and i now owe her one naturally pink pony so i need to be on the lookout for that is uh what i was told the cost of doing business was i've seen this graham have you seen much of a markup on this i've seen it upwards to two in our market i've seen it uh most of the time around 179.99 is where it's kind of living at the moment yeah and i think part of that has to do with people buying bottles as opposed to cases right um and you're really just getting that bottle charge added on to it which yes it is a thing in our business which is Mm. why you see sometimes such a wide range of retail pricing but um other than that no i haven't seen it gone too too crazy this one seems to be pretty readily available um and not a huge deal to uh to find so what do you think about it you like it enjoy it yeah that's great i I love it i I just like bourbon so (laughs) I'm not as sophisticated. I, I as you just, two I just like bourbon. <laughs> uh, this would be the second offering on the top twenty from uh, Bardstown. From Town. Yeah. Uh, the first year we ever did it, 2019 or 2018, when we did the list for the very first time, the Discovery, se- no, the Fusion series, uh, number one, was like number twelve or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. <clears throat> All right. Sweet. So let's uh, let's get into the action, boys. Cheers. What else are we supposed to do? That's not my job. Always responsibly. There we go. There we go. Clued up. All right. Can't really start anywhere else, can we? Didn't think so. The best rivalry the Premier League has ever seen. Arsenal 3, Manchester United 2. What a fucking game this was. I know. Welcome to the show. Passive aggressive. Well, Don't mind. <laughs> well I'm, I'm just already prepared for the wank fest that uh, is about to occur over the next 30 minutes. And then I'm going to maybe we'll talk about the rest of the fucking game. So please, by all n- means, get on your knees, unzip each other's trousers and start blowing each other. Go Too to late. town. We already did that. And, yeah. and, it, and it was a really fucking exceptional game. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say there there isn't a video uh, element today, Sam, that wouldn't garner <laughs> listeners. Okay? I don't think it would this garner is- listeners if there was yeah. a video element. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to see this much hair bouncing around? Come on. 
on both of our parts. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, what a, what a game. I mean, Manchester United got the first goal. I don't know if you saw it, uh, and, and Sam, chime in on this if you saw it also. In the first about 20 seconds, Granite Xhaka gave the linesman a fucking piece of his mind oh, yeah. over a throw-in. Yep. Then, I get what, about 20 minutes in, Marcus Rashford scores. And I th- I don't know about you, I thought, here we go. Well, We're yeah, playing I, the my, occasion, not yeah, the game. My immediate reaction to that goal was from two seasons ago. Uh-huh. Fuck. <laughs> but this is it. This is it. Like, this is the beginning of what, you know, what we've come to expect over the last five, six, seven Every years time. Of uh, Arsenal just imploding after a, a pretty solid start. Mm-hmm. Giving up a, a screamer. That was uh, a I was going to say, it was, in all that was a great goal. Yeah. That was a great oh, fucking a shot from Rashford. And Fuck Rashford is on fire oh, yeah, yeah, right is, now. Yeah. But my my issue with the whole, just the situationally, it was like we were playing the occasion, not the game. We were yeah. it was so we were so keyed up about it yep. that you know you're yelling at a linesman over throwing at midfield, 15, 18 seconds into a game, and then you know there's, there's just this passion. Baby. <laughs> passion. Yeah, is that what they're calling it? That's what Arteta calls it. Well, yeah, yeah I mean that's true. I thought that was more about staying in his box, but um, <laughs> in his technical area, <laughs> but um. So, yeah, but here we go again, right? I mean, this, what do we do? This, I thought the response was excellent. Their goal almost settled us down. Yeah. In my uh, opinion. Yeah, yeah they, they panned over to Arteta after the goal, and his immediate response was like, cool down, guys. Yeah. Okay. Like, and I, and I think that's what I find most attractive about Arsenal right now is they don't panic. Yeah. It is literally just stick to the system. Mm-hmm. We have the players on the field to execute that. Oh yeah! Up and until the Newcastle game, we were the only team that hadn't been held scoreless yet right. in the Premier League, yep. uh, at all, which was which was awesome. You always feel like we're going to get a goal. You're absolutely right. And it, it, echoing that, you saw Odegaard at midfield do the same thing. Just kind of raise yep. his arms and hey, it's all right. Come on, yep. let's just stick to it. Stick with it. And Arsenal at that point started to turn the screw a bit and started to to really impose themselves on the game. Now Manchester United in that first half still had chances, but Eddie and Ketia since he's come in, deputizing amazingly yep. for, for Gabriel Jesus. He's just been a, a fucking godsend, to be honest with you, because I was terrified, for one, when when uh, when Jesus went down. Yeah, oh, for sure, me too. I I, I, I think I told you. I was like, I think we're fucked. Yeah, uh, 100%. Uh, because, I, you know, their, their play style is completely different. Uh-huh. Um, and Ketty is very much... Uh, a mover without the ball, mm-hmm. a poacher, more so yeah. than the, the hey, Jesus, who is with the ball, is fantastic. Uh-huh. And do, uh huh. But does a lot of defensive work off the ball. True. Yeah. But Enketi doesn't get through that much work yeah. off the ball as as, as Jesus like does defensively. Striker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like if you lose the ball, all right. See you, <laughs> There's people see there for that. Minutes, yeah. Sam and Sam will take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We know that all too well. <laughs> but it's been it's been so. I, I also think. On the left side with Zinchenko mm-hmm. and Jaka moving over there and then playing with, then you have Martinelli to support that. That ball was perfection for oh, Jaka on the It was excellent. Ball, the, uh, the header. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's been so much fun to watch with Zinchenko. I, I love that game. 100%. So I was talking to Brian about this uh, the other day, and he, he's like, I, I'm trying to get my high school team to play like this, that he yeah. coaches. And so we were kind of, I'm going to nerd out for a second. We were he, kinda, coaches, he coaches my alma mater, doesn't he? Smalding's yeah. girls, yeah. And so we were, um, <laughs> your exact alma mater. <laughs> <laughs> so we, 
sorry. So we um we were kind of nerding out over it, and I was like, because that that extra person in midfield isn't something new necessarily, right? But those overlaps are normally coming from the outside, where you don't see Ben White immediately overlap Saka. It's almost like a diagonal shift where Xhaka will push straight forward a little bit. Odegaard will get out of that space. Partey moves up and occupies the space where Odegaard was. And Zimchenko cuts in at yep. a 45 into the center circle and goes where Partey was. Yep. And no one's ready for it. No one's prepared and, for that. And, that and Odegaard, Odegaard, right, correct. And Odegaard and Saka tend to overlap each other. Yep. And then if we keep the ball there for a second, then Ben White joins in. But they almost shift to a back three defensively where Gabrielle will come over, Saliba will be in the middle, and Ben White acts, just stays back and acts as a third center back, essentially, while, while we're in possession. Um, until we've you know kind of run out of ideas, Zimchenko vacates, and then Ben White then overlaps. Right. It's, it's amazing to watch. Teams still haven't quite figured it out yet and how to deal with that extra man in midfield, and it's, it's paying dividends for us. Yeah, I think the, the natural pro- progression of uh, any ball coming from the midfielder on the wing is – down the line, right? So typically you see that ball played down the line. Yep. There there were at least three or four occasions where Ben White had the ball. He's attacking the offensive third. And Sacco makes a run inside. Mm-hmm. And he plays that ball through. He has immediate support from Odegaard. Yep. And then Ben White has that opportunity to make that overlap and bring the, the defenders back out wide. Uh-huh. It's just, it's, and create more it, space. It's, it's, it's so brilliant. Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's so good. Um, that being said, Manchester United were no slouches. I mean, they they held their own in the game. They had chances. Uh, Ramsdale that made a fantastic save in yep. the second half. Yep. Um, and when, when uh, I mean, Saka's goal, you can't just say enough about it. it was bro- He did the same exact thing. And, and one of the pundits I was listening to this uh, the, today was saying – there was something about this particular performance from Saka, and over the course of the season, he's done this cut in on his left foot, drag it one extra touch, and then bend it to that far corner. That's very reminiscent of Arian Robin. You fucking know it's coming, yep. and you still can't stop can't it. Stop it yep. And it's been excellent, excellent to see. That in the uh, then the equalizer comes. So we're two one up. The equalizer comes, and you go shit. Yeah, it's such a weak ass. Not ball again, too. I know. But from the smallest dude on the field, of yeah. course, header in the middle of the box. Granted, it was a poor punch, well, attempted punch. You, you yeah, kinda... there's three Arsenal defenders there. There should have been more, better communication to clean that up better. And that was right after he had just made a worldie. Right, right. that was right after. That was right after the just made a worldie. Right, that was, was that was low like, save. Yeah, and then just a. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those. That's ones, a good sound for it. It's one of those ones as a keeper. You're just like. Oh. What the fuck? Uh, that's doing? that's one of those ones where you get the ninety yard stare yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, from yeah. Rob. Oh yeah, Definitely. who hasn't moved from the center circle in the last five minutes? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, quick, quick thought for you guys. You were talking about um, the you know Jaka getting kind of worked up at the beginning, and it seeming like oh shit, this is going to be same old Arsenal. Uh, do you start? Do you guys feel like you know the Arteta's kind of passion is starting to take hold they're still fiery they still fuck with people there's there's a there's a spine a backbone and a fieriness to them but they've learned how not to get a bunch of fucking red cards which is what they were doing the last two seasons non-stop particularly gabriel and jaka well the end of the north london derby is a perfect example Mm -hmm. and 
God bless Mikel Arteta for stopping Jocko. 100%. He was going to get a two-year ban. Yeah, he was going to get something. He was going to canton all that motherfucker. Nothing good was coming from that. No, but to to know his players and to realize that was coming. Absolutely Uh, right. It's ingrained in my brain. And you could see arm around Ramsdale Ramsdale joking. (laughs) Shoved him out of the way and fucking ran after him. Yeah. Anyways. Excellent excellent awareness for Mikel Arteta. The last kind of part is... When we sent, when we smelled that blood, when we saw that, you saw Arsenal kick it up. When I didn't think we had another level, all of a sudden we hit gear five, and United couldn't deal with it. We played them off the park. Yep. The last twenty minutes was United didn't do anything. I would say a lot of that goes to the substitution of what is a steal, a oh, fucking. Oh, yeah. Deal of a signing. With, I was telling with him before Trissard. the show. I was like, when he came on and he was Martinelli 2.0. <sighs> oh yeah. When you have fresh legs, he's a more mature that, Martinelli. Oh, yeah, and, right. And he can do it on both sides and up the middle. Yep. He can he can replace Odegarden. He can replace Saka. He can replace Jesus or Ketia. He can replace. He can play anywhere. And he was decent as a. Deep lying playmaker oh, for Belgium back. in the World Cup as yeah. well. I mean, he played because you had De Bruyne. I mean, who's you going to argue with him playing further forward? Trossard was behind him. Remember, next to Axel Witzel or whoever that was, um, as almost a dual. He was more the box to box guy. Trossard was. So you you now have this player that can play any one of five positions. That's solid, and do any were, of them particularly you well. Linked, you were linked to um, Midrick. Who they who Chelsea ends up signing for well over a hundred fucking million, and now granted he was on the last year of his deal, which made him a lot cheaper, and he wasn't going to resign with Brighton, and he was out of favor with Deserby. He got him for twenty five, mm-hmm. and he's a proven fucking player in the Prem already. I think it's thirty two after add ons that knows how to fucking score. Like you can't beat it. That that is you you know again the checklist. Have a good Jan- January transfer would be another check. Get the piece you need. That is exactly the fucking piece you need. Yeah. And he's going to be fired up to play for a team that's vying for a title. Yeah. And I, I mean, knocking on wood actively, but, uh, you know, there's going to be an injury coming at some at point. Some point. <laughs> the way that we play, the, the high pace, I mean, it's going to happen. So it's nice to have. You would hope the Jesus injury is the one and we've survived it. Yeah. No, I, I get you that. know. Yeah. And then we also just signed that Polish right back. Uh, QBR. Oh, Pete Wentz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a more emo so looking that, player a, since Leighton Baines. Do you actually. think that's the end of uh, Cedric? I Finally. Please. I, I saw Fuck's that. Sake. Like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we ship him off to like, Sampdoria for $2 million. Yeah. <laughs> God. Bless it. Um, but then, obviously, Eddie gets the winner. Uh, fantastic goal, a, a true poacher's goal. Mm-hmm. Um, fox in the box right there, man. That was definitely a fox in the box. What I was going to say was one that Von Nisselroy would have been proud of. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. a true poacher's finish. He, his leg bent in a degree that it shouldn't have fucking bent. <laughs> Somehow gets a toe on it. That's the one as a keeper. You're like, oh, fuck you. Fuck, one fuck of, you. One <laughs> of the other podcasts I listened to is four forty somethings right, talking about football and, and and they essentially one of them said for everyone in this room right now <laughs> probably would have thrown your hip out or, if yeah. you were even able to bend that way in the first place yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did I mean I, I'm not sure how he managed to get his his foot to it but he did and how he managed to stay on side 
I was actually, we were getting ready to leave the house. I told Tegan to turn the TV off because the TV and the iPad were at two different times and the TV was ahead and I was waiting on Carly to come downstairs. I was finishing washing a dish and I didn't want to screw up and see something before it uh, you know, or hear something before I saw it. So Tegan turned off the TV and I've got the iPad sitting on top, like oh, up on the bar area on, on top of the sink. I'm washing this dish. And it, when I was like, Oh yeah. And Tegan goes, what happened? I was like, we scored maybe. <laughs> and I didn't celebrate. Yeah. I was like, well, I just, offsides, cause he looked, yeah. it's it yeah. gotta be offsides, right? It's gotta be offsides. And then they checked both. Zimchenko was a solid yard on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they checked Eddie's, and it was a fucking toenail mm-hmm. from the same shortest man on the pitch mm-hmm. on side. And then I fucking, uh, there's still water on my ceiling. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, get in. <laughs> it was fucking great. And, um, and yeah, I mean, that's all she wrote. It was, it was excellent. What's, what's nice, though, for me is I told you the Premier League is better when Manchester United are good, when Arsenal are good. Chelsea, Tottenham in the Premier League era, have been up and down, up and down, up and down, both of them, up and down, up and down, up and down. The league's veracity isn't necessarily dependent upon those two. Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool, it it needs those clubs. City's only been good for the last 10 years. Right, It, but it needs those traditional clubs to be good, to be as powerful as it was, and this was the first time in fucking ages that both of these clubs are on the ascendancy and both of these clubs are back. And it's no doubt in my mind that it's because it's two young, hungry coaches that came up doing what they did. And it's and it's excellent. And they're they're almost playing, you know, an old school manager type. They have their you can see their tentacles in every facet of their clubs now. Mm-hmm. And this is gonna be a lot of fun to watch for the next five, six years, I think. I agree. All right. Whew. I feel good. Now we're going to talk about the stuttering in the race for the top four, which includes everyone down to 14th. Because <laughs> everyone's only no, separated. That doesn't include you, Sam. Exactly. <laughs> By Never about three some... points. Uh, so you have Palace and United drawing midweek one to one. City nil, Tottenham two. Oh, sorry. That was just the first half. City four, Tottenham two. Liverpool nil, Chelsea nil. That'll probably breeze over that one, to be honest. Uh, Leicester City two, Brighton two. Palace nil, Newcastle nil. Fulham nil, Spurs one. So Palace and United midweek, this I thought was a bit surprising given United's recent form, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Um, took a Olise special from f- all of 30 fucking yards fucking out. Beautiful free kick. What a goal. Yeah. Considering they've been on a little bit of a slide and they are also hitting a very, very tough part of their schedule till April, uh-huh. gotta say, this is a good fucking week for Palace with those two draws. Yeah, oh, definitely. Sure. A good. Because sure. f- that's. Fucking third fourth place. That did good week. Well, that's yeah. ultimately what kept Brentford in the league last season, remember? When they started sliding, they didn't slide to losses. They slid to draws. And those extra points they picked up midseason when everybody was hurt were, were what kept them in the league. Um, is this what United's going to be now, though? Up, Kind of up and down. Dominate for three weeks and then have an off game until they can have another, you know, one or two transfer cycles to really settle their team down. What do you, what do you think? Uh, I think I think we are seeing uh, United getting back to being United. And I was going to 
chime in on the on the first segment uh, but you were you were doing a great job closing it out so there see i paid you a fucking compliment <laughs> go home kiss your wife tell her sam loves me now or whatever it is that you need for daily affirmation but i think we're starting to reach the point i gotta get my jabs in now i know they're fucking coming so i feel like we are on the verge of seeing arsenal united being the top teams in the league again because City is just so hyper-focused on trying to win a Champions, Champions League. League. Yep. And once they do, uh, you know, does Pep stick around? What what are they? How do, you know, and you're starting to see some of their cracks in their team, players that aren't necessarily happy, you know, Bernardo Silva types, Gundogan types, guys like that. So there's, there's that going on. Liverpool's on an absolute decline right now. And like you said, there's no consistency to Chelsea slash... Uh, Tottenham, if anybody, I'd give Chelsea the edge because I feel like Potter is going to make it work. But one but, of those 643 players actually has to have a good spell at one point or another. <laughs> but I would say don't be surprised if the next couple, two, three years, it's United and Arsenal fighting for titles like it was in the early 2000s. And there's going to be a lot of United and Arsenal old soccer geeks that are going to be fucking losing their mind over it. Love to hear that. 100%. And and you'll also have the rest of us going back to the old uh, thought process of the 30 teams with curse words. (laughs) Arsenal, Arse, Scunthrop, well, we know. And fucking Man United. That's absolutely (laughs) right. The other thing you have with that is Arteta loves a row on the touchline. And the other guy's Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, I've heard they're a literal people. (laughs) Exactly. I I, oh, I can't wait. It's so set, it's set up so perfectly. I think uh, Man United is definitely obviously in an upward trajectory. I think they have a couple pieces that are tr- still trying to find their way into the squad. Um, I think Anthony it came out very strong, solid, but mm-hmm. he's been kind of slacking uh, last couple matches for mm-hmm. them. Um, in his defense, his first match was against us, and everybody does well against us. <laughs> <laughs> um. But it's hard to it's hard. I mean, Rashford's on fucking fire, fire. right now. Yeah. Um, and then their defense with Martinez, and then uh, Wambasaka is still doing his thing. Amazing what happens when you get rid of a pompous fucking prick. <laughs> Absolutely right. Oh, you know what I did forget to bring up? Gabriel uh, Malagales uh, shared it on his Instagram. Did you see the photo of him standing over Bruno Fernandez and Bruno Fernandez's terrified face? Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody was yelling Portuguese at him and he's like, fuck, Ronaldo's back. Motherfucker's <laughs> 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 got PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> Look great. But Gabriel shared it on his own Instagram and said, "Without uh, uh, there is no victory without fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. And then it said, dot, 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 thank God. <laughs> That's what you want to see. Um, oh, real quick. We got to go back to this real quick. Hashtag pro Arsenal agenda. <laughs> Saka's celebration, same as Rashford's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I said that. Uh, I, you know what? I'm going to let that one pass. I'm all about quality shithousery, <laughs> and that was shithousery at its fucking finest. I shared that on DUFC, on the uh, the closed group, Drunk United FC on Facebook. Make sure you find it. Um, where uh, Arteta would say, you know, in the dressing room, a, a hypothetical. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, somebody do something to to get inside the other team's head, you know, over the last couple of seasons. Xhaka goes, got it, boss, no problem. <laughs> it's a fucking two-footed mid-thigh. 
Alright boss Did I do You know red Obviously Dude, Oh boss I did. That's not the fuck I meant I meant getting their mind Not their bloodstream Alright Alright all right, I, I got, I got your boss so I'm gonna throw up I'm gonna throw off My fucking captain's armband When they're booing at me That's yeah. gonna, Those are our supporters not, yeah, punk, That doesn't punk, work punk You don't wanna get in their heads No hey, I fucking defended Chaco Through that You did just like Absolutely you did You're right You burned a different jersey <laughs> And then, uh, and then that's not what I meant. Does anyone else have any ideas? And then Saka goes, nothing more to say here. Got it, boss. And then he goes out and does Rashford celebration. I fucking love it. Anyway. Um, yeah. Back to United, I guess. <laughs> uh, just keep me on track. The it is United Palace that we're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. It's the first of five games. It's the first of five games Shit. in this segment, so we might want to keep the old bus moving. There, no, so uh, the, uh, the bus driver. What I, what I what I mean is is until like so Ten Hag only came in in the summer. Yeah, Arteta's obviously been there for a couple of years now. We've had what three transfer windows under him and cleared out some dead weight, brought some people in. Ten Hag hasn't had that much time. Is this what United's going to be until they have a couple of transfer windows to really get what they want? Is this kind of, they're going to be excellent for three, four weeks and then, you know, turn around and have a draw against Palace away for literally no reason. Right. You know, I, I just think that's kind of, that inconsistency is going to kind of be a thing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I hope that sticks. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, last last point I'll make um, on uh, on this one. Is, uh, Valt, can we just take a quick vote? Valt Veghorst is the absolute definition of failing upward. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, the eyes have it. Uh, <laughs> all right, so City Tottenham uh, on uh, Thursday. Put the tall lad in. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, City Tottenham. Um, this was wild. Four goals from City in the second half, obviously. One of the best individual performances from a, a player this season in Riyad Mahrez was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the first he half. touching all four goals, right? It, two assists, two goals, something like that? Uh, uh, I think he had a hockey assist for the other goal. Okay. It was okay, registered yeah, yeah. as two goals, one assist. Gotcha. I was um, all prepared. I was going to beat Lindsay. I was all happy. It was 2 nothing. I was like, I got this shit. I'm actually going to win a fucking fantasy game. Thanks, Riyad Mahrez. <laughs> Especially that last garbage goal is what caused you to fucking get the W over me. Exactly right. Not better uh, at all. It's all going wrong under Antonio Conte, correct? Well, did you see the report today? Yes, I did. Uh, I was hoping you saw it and happy, would bring happy, it up. Happy. Yep. Yeah. So what did those reports say? <laughs> uh, from what I can see, they are not going to be renewing Conte's contract after the summer. Is up. Great minds think alike. Conte not to be resigned. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of us were like, yeah, we're going to talk about this. How <laughs> much of it? Uh, has to do with what came out about Juventus over the weekend, do you think? Oh, did you hear? No, maybe. Chelsea's supposedly putting a bid in to buy the 15 points from Juventus. <laughs> Wait, Sam, corruption in Serie A? No, say it isn't so. What, with, an, oh, what an honest and forthcoming league. Of course there would never be any issues in Serie A. They would never, never sell their points to Chelsea. It's, <laughs> You know what I heard? Deal was worth eighty million up front, and then if the fifteen points got Chelsea Champions League football, Todd Bowley would sign over a ten percent stake in the club <laughs> to get the deal across the line. Oh, man. Uh, remember, I'm a Giants fan. Todd Bowley owns the Dodgers, so I am loving the just <laughs> moronic bullshit that's going on at Chelsea. I'm like, yep, just like a fucking Dodger. That's all right. They'll make the money back with the uh, Premier League All Star game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I wonder if anything has to do with... Now, Italian football is run a bit different. Most clubs are, are run where the, 
it's not a manager per se. It's a head coach. They literally have no say really in transfers. They they give a profile of a player that they want. Like I would like them to be technically gifted, forward thinking, and whatever. And then the directors go do what they do. And there's always been a lot of creative bookkeeping, which we've talked about many times on the show, which is why so many players have played for Inter and AC Milan or Inter and Juve or all three or whatever. I mean, there's something you don't see in England hey, very much. Slaton played for all fucking 20 clubs in Syria. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Houston, I'm going to do, do you a favor. We're going to get the bus back to where it belongs. Oh, here we but go. I think it is funny that we were talking about Spurs and we'd rather talk about fucking Yeah, I mean, they were terrible. <laughs> they had a great eight-minute spell. Good handle in the wheel there. That's a nice right-hand yeah, turn. Well, well done. Well, yeah, all right, sorry. I just much. dozed off for a minute because we were talking about Italian corruption. I, mean, I don't want to fucking talk about Spurs either. But. Near and dear to my heart. Uh, no, but Tottenham had a great eight-minute spell right out <laughs> to close the first half out. Yeah. And you thought, oh, fuck. City, after what happened at the weekend, and yep. like, are they going to be... This could be great for us. And I'll never say I want Tottenham to win, but I did want City to lose this game. And because uh, I really don't see Tottenham as a threat. City obviously got it together. We already we already touched on that aspect and just uh, what a fantastic performance. But how does it – it either doesn't start well for Spurs and then they come back in the second half and tie, or it started in this game is the only example, really, where it started pretty damn well and then they fell apart. What is it uh, – what's going wrong? What is it under Conte that they can't fucking do? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Because um, they have good players. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I don't really care. And in the, honest, well, it's fair. And in the middle of all of it, you have Harry Kane has 16 goals to score today against Fulham. Yeah. I and Obviously, you guys are going to have a certain slanted opinion because of your feelings about Spurs. I would say the same when you're going to talk about Liverpool, of course. Spurs, at some point, you have to point the mirror back at yourself because you've had good managers. Now, granted, defensive managers that aren't handling the offensive just – super weapons that they have they can't seem to figure it out you know that's been the last couple of managers in a row but at some point the players just don't know how to win yeah it really it's what it really comes down to and that's tottenham as an organization has to look at what they've had which is arguably a golden generation for them and they've failed miserably it can't always be the coach's fault. Sometimes no. it is, but in this instance, like you've had enough good managers come through, and it's the same thing every time. It's fourth, maybe fifth, you know, eh, not not anything in. It's not anything that makes you go, okay, yeah, this team's on the way up. Like Arteta yeah. and Ten Hag, yeah. these are teams that are on the way up. You could see yeah. a philosophy being built in, and it's just not there with with they cut, the, they the cut the tables short. also crazy because if you I mean we're, we're going to talk about Everton later and they're only what six points from fourteenth or something yeah like that. exactly Liverpool is in ninth and they're only seven points behind Tottenham mm-hmm. Tottenham has a chance to not even be in the top ten if they don't I mean if, they won today but right if they continue to behave in this manner you're absolutely right Brighton, Fulham Brentford Liverpool Chelsea all behind them uh-huh. not in good form well. The majority of them not in good form, or right? Stu- like, like I said, like you said, they're stuttering at the moment. They're everybody, exactly. But this whole weekend was a stutter. They start getting points, then Tottenham's in trouble. Hundred percent. I have a, uh, a a job swap idea. Mushiri wants a new stadium. <coughs> Tottenham have a new stadium. Mm-hmm. Daniel Levy loves to take a mediocre club and keep the mediocre, but 
keep them in the league. Mashiri loves buying shit for no reason. Levy doesn't, but the Spurs supporters do. Just trade the clubs. Just trade the owners. Yeah, but we're already building the fucking stadium. Yeah, but it's not done yet. Levy could get you a good price on a bar downstairs where you fill your own beers up. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. And you save money on hiring bartenders. I think this works out for everybody, in my opinion. <laughs> Don't disagree, because I'm not exactly fans of my board right now. We'll get to that. <laughs> Liverpool nil, Chelsea nil. I mean, what a terrible Wait, 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 Sam. Were you aware that this was a battle of mid-table clubs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't like NBC Sports didn't say it 267 <laughs> times. And then when they threw it to the fucking broadcasters, it's not like they didn't say it 530. Every five minutes, we're like, yeah, well, it's just a battle between two mid-table clubs. I'm like, there's still two big fucking six sides. There's still two yeah. fucking massive, like, stop. Just, you... You kind of insult fucking mid-table clubs by going, oh, yeah, just a battle of two mid-table clubs. Fuck you. They got resources well beyond what any, like, what Brentford or Brighton or fucking, or, or you I know. Th- Todd Bowley has spent over half a billion pounds since he took over last summer. That's higher than the GDP of most countries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck's sake. Um, yeah, so really bad first half, obviously. there was Nobody wanted to watch it. It was absolutely pitiful. Second half, though, Liverpool kind of turned the style on, um, but Kepa did enough to keep them in the game. Yeah. And then um, you had uh, a Mudrick come on and, uh, you know, kind of dance and weave his way to a nil-nil draw in his first game. Fantastic stuff. <coughs> any more for any more on that one? Uh, I'm good. Yeah. Just, just an... Excellent analysis of a mid-table match, by the way, boys. Thank, thank you. Appreciate it. Leicester 2, Brighton 2, which actually was far more entertaining than that game. Uh, they started to get back to the basics here against, um, you know, as if they were a newly promoted team, Leicester. You know, just all 11 behind the ball, really, and just stopped up Brighton's passing lanes until they found an opportunity to get forward. Yes, agreed. Hi, Robbie. How you doing back there? <laughs> Hi. He just just leaned back. He was like, oh, I'm just going to read. This is going to read the here. notes. <laughs> Quick. This is an interactive thing. We all kind of talk together. Uh, Graham, I hate to say it, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit later when we get to uh, Oso. I, I'm, I'm watching this match. I'm checking in on this match, and I'm actively rooting for Brighton to find three points because... Not because I expect my team to win, but just because I need everyone else around me to not get points. I would like a little Brighton jaunt into Europe. I think it'd be fun to watch. Be very fun to watch. Yeah. And, and you know what? He, here were the things you were the the player you were worried about losing was Trissard. You've lost him. You're doing fine without him. You've been doing fine without him for a while now. Mm-hmm. And if their organization knows how to find diamonds in the rough for a good fucking price. You know when they get a little extra money, well, Ferguson, they're find some great pieces. Ferguson was playing in like the third tier of the Irish League or something. Uh, scored again. It was on loan last season maybe in the third tier of the Irish League. I think it was owned by Bohemians. It was actually a big Irish club, but it's an Irish club still, so it's not very big. Um, and he's coming in and, and scoring goals. I mean, three and four, three and five games, whatever it is now for him. Goals, um, assists, holding up play everything. as well. He's doing it. He's doing it all. Can we expect this from Lester going forward, you think? Just getting back to the uber, uber basics of fucking defend until we feel comfortable enough to stretch our legs? No, I don't feel comfortable. I, I still think they're in trouble. with that. I No, think, I think they're in trouble, too. I'm talking I about think, their gameplay. Maybe. Maybe. Like, four, 14 down. 
it's really hard to say anybody's good from 14 down. They're all really, really bad. I'm waiting to see if those veneers start to get stained from cigarettes and Mm -hmm. coffee staying up late. (laughs) (laughs) See if Brendan Rodgers' teeth start to wane uh, as a result of it. Um, But this performance from Lester did seem to have a bit more purpose than the last few, and that at least is a positive sign. James Madison came on uh, back from his injury finally, uh, which is a good thing. So, uh, And then moving on to Palace nil, Newcastle nil. Um, What is going to fix Newcastle's goal drought? Was uh, was Miguel Amaron's uh, start to the season an enigma? Or is he? Do you think he's going to be able to continue that form? Isaac back from the injuries only made a couple of cameos. Obviously not match fit. Do we think he's going to solve the issue? Because that's a couple games in a row now where Newcastle have failed to score. I, I think they will. I think I think both of them are going to start producing again. I, you have to look at like Newcastle in past seasons. They're they've never been this high on the table in recent past. Absolutely. So they're going to have. I think they're going to have some growing pains with their performances. But I I, I mean. Isak, when he came to Newcastle, was an immediate hit, at least for the first couple games. He scored a couple goals. Then he got that injury. And then he got yep. hurt. Um, so I think he's just working his way through that back in the squad. And then, yeah, Almiron is Almiron. I think he's just a streaky player, and he just had a hot streak. Yeah, so he's just <laughs> in his downtime. I mean, the yeah. World Cup, is he's one player where the World Cup didn't really do him any favors. Right. He scored one goal, I think, since we've come back to, to play in the Premier League. But obviously before that was their big saving grace at what eight or eight or whatever it was mm-hmm. in those opening um, opening 16 games or whatever it was before we broke. So two points here. Uh, first off, with when you say, hey, Newcastle's in scoring goals, it's also worth mentioning they haven't given up a goal in seven fucking matches. In no, a row. Absolutely right. Like. They're the only teams that kept us out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you. They, have, they have been just throwing up shutouts left and right. So the one thing is you go, okay, well, they're maybe not winning nah. matches, but they ain't losing, which is good. And they're finding ways. I mean, they're not impressive one nothing or 2 nothing wins, but they're wins. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is we know the pockets are there. They're they're in mm-hmm. cup competitions. They're in still in the no. They're out of the FA Cup, but they're in the the semifinals of the League, League cup, cup with a favorable draw with Southampton. And you know they're going to buy the pieces. If there's pieces they want or need, they'll fucking get them. I want to know how much uh, the good people at Budweiser accepted from Kieran Trippia for the Man of the Match awards. Because if you'd looked on the Premier League app for their last fifteen games. I guarantee you he's the mo- has the most man of the match awards this season when it really should be going to Nick Pope. <laughs> I'd also guarantee that you said that last week too. <coughs> I'm trying to make a point, Sam. Say it say it the next three weeks in a row and I you'll will. Get, and you'll hit your five check mark that you look for. <laughs> exactly right. Hundred percent. And then uh to f- close out these stutter steps is Fulham Nil, Spurs one, and Harry Kane equalizing the late Jimmy Greaves uh goal goal total for Spurs at uh two hundred sixty six, I think it is. Um, which is uh you know, good for him, I guess. Gone. I, th- <laughs> I thought Fulham actually played very well in the game, just couldn't finish any chances off. Yeah, they, first half hour, they were they excellent were the best team. Yeah, yeah hands sure. down. I thought they were good throughout the game, really. I mean, Tottenham allowed them to have the ball because the best thing they do is counterattack. Yeah. And and Spur, or, uh, Fulham rather did what they needed to do with the ball. They just couldn't. The only thing was couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. You say it all the time, Sam. Don't give up a goal right before the half. Yeah. That and that's exactly what they did. Yep. And it did just killed them. And yeah, with unfortunately, it was a nice goal <coughs> on Tim Ream as well, yeah. which makes us feel extra salty. And 
Well, with Harry getting that goal, the other thing you have to remember there too is that he's going to set a ton of records for scoring and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, again, I, it's are we looking at a golden generation of Tottenham Hotspur that will accomplish fucking nothing? nothing. And I'm starting to say, <clears throat> yeah, like yeah. I don't even see where they're going to win a cup, like like a league cup or a or an FA cup. Well, they would have like, until Jose fucked off the week of the final. It just it's. They won the Audi Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. All right, all right, great. So hey, we're hey, we won we won the uh, initial Florida Cup uh, because you guys <laughs> had this whole COVID thing that you wouldn't come out for. So you can never take that away from me. I mean, F- Fulham had possession that game. Oh yeah, it, they they were Fulham were on top of it. I don't. They're going to be top ten, I think. Mm-hmm. So do I. Yeah. I. I would tend to agree with that. I really like what Marco Silva's down there. Uh, <laughs> down there doing. Make sorry, happy my dad's. Uh, I, I gave him credit last week. I mean, when they beat Chelsea in the uh, in the West London Derby, it was one thousand percent Marco Silva's managing, and he has been mm-hmm. perfect for Fulham. And it's good that he's been with them for a while now. Where you know, let's face it, when he was courted by Everton, he was coaching for fucking Watford. For Watford, before. yeah. And everybody knows you're not. I mean, the minute there's three or four bad results, you're getting fired at Watford. That's just how they roll. Yeah. And so it didn't surprise me that his head got turned. He feels comfortable with fucking Fulham. Fulham loves him, and he's. He, you can see the culture, the footballing culture is there with this team. And the only difference between the team that went up and down. And then the team that is here currently ultimately is the manager and he's getting a song out of his players. Yeah, absolutely. So that actually answers the the last question I had on this game was will Fulham kick on and sounds like we think they will. I think so. Yeah, I'm with that. Thank God we're done talking about the Premier League's version of Belgium, Tottenham. Jesus Christ. Talk about wasting a golden generation, Sam. (laughs) Hey, Uh, So some of those results, obviously, that we just went over. Golden age generation. (laughs) Had something to do with the bottom of the table as well as we get into. Oh, so that happened. That, I think, is a improvement on how you do it. Little extra pause. Dramatic effect. Bournemouth 1, Forest 1, West Ham 2, Everton 0. Mute button, Sam. Ones and twos. Ones and twos. (laughs) (laughs) Set <laughs> your mic too, by the way. Southampton nil, Villa one, City three, Wolves nil, Leeds nil, Brentford nil. Go ahead. He's still staring at him. <laughs> you want me on that wall? You need me on that ah, wall. Here we go. All right. Uh, what was it? Code nine. What they call? What was that? From a few good men. Code red. Code red. Yeah. We need a code red. Code don't. Nine. D- don't don't worry don't worry uh you know sanchez you'll be seeing your code red tonight don't worry about it <laughs> don't don't you won't be packing up to tell anybody you're coming home forrest has obviously been racking up some points of late uh has cooper figured it out we think did um you know and, and this actually isn't a dig this i think sam is a fair comparison uh but rob do you think um steve cooper utilized the time during the world cup to work with his squad where frank lampard did not I mean, I think that's an obvious answer. (laughs) I do think they've had a good run with the table. I think as they start to play some of the top half of the table competition, you'll start to see them slide again. I think they're doing exactly what Bournemouth did early on. And then the minute Bournemouth started facing some tough opposition. Just crushed their confidence. So I'd like to see them. 
I'll believe that they're doing it when they pull off like, oh, they play Brighton and they get a draw. And you go, oh, okay, that's, you know, that's a tough team. They figured that out. And they're also very one-sided. It's a lot of their results are coming at home too. Well, one, I thought they finally found their best 11 after the few results before. And then, oh, wait. Chris Wood arrives. They sign someone else. <laughs> Goddamn Forrest. Go, oh. I believe that's the 54th person they've now signed. <laughs> it was only half of what Todd Bowley's, uh, Bowley's brought in. Um, they, they beat Palace before the break, mm-hmm. which was a big win for them. That was huge. And Absolutely. They had, what, they lost the... Uh, Palace has been Manchester on the slide, United. though. Yeah. Slide? Well, not recently. Well, in, until those two draws, they were on a bit of a slide. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. They drew Chelsea, which is... Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Beat Southampton and then beat Leicester before mm-hmm. this draw. So I mean, absolutely doing did, something right. Does Chris Wood make a difference to this team? I think, I think maybe a bad difference. In my opinion, I think that he's going to change. He's less mobile. I think they're going to change the way that they play, um, which they're just starting to figure it out. I don't know if I'd like it necessarily. However, Awonyi's not a point man, and they were screaming out for a point man. Chris Wood is a point man. It just allows them to, if Cooper's a good coach, it gives them an opportunity to shift up uh, formations. But I think ultimately Awonyi and Ben Johnson are meant to be two strikers together. Like it should be a 4-4-2 should be the system if those two guys are out there. But you can, if you need to, you know, quote unquote, put the big fella in. Wood helps you with that. Yeah, fair. We gonna do any wood tree puns? Or are we just gonna leave it? Just leave it. All right. Uh, West Ham two, Everton nil. Everton were on top for much of this game. Actually, just didn't look dangerous at all. Um, I think what were they on top of the game? Oh, I, I mean they had sixty eight percent possession or something, sixty seven point three or something like that. Un- until the goal, it looked like yeah. two teams that didn't want to lose. Yeah, yeah. Just basically, it was middle of the field passing yeah, you, around. You said that that morning. Yeah. Uh, it, it just just what it looked like, and then and then the first goal was just a fucking travesty from the defense. I mean, it was just fucking horrid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. I mean, and the, the two goals, I think the one, I think Pickford's almost directly to blame for. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's been fantastic, and he's been the reason why we've gotten the draws and the wins that we've gotten have been because it's of been him, because but, of him. So it's hard to really give him too much shtick for having a bad goal. You know, but but it still was his fault. I ultimately, I think that, you know, Everton. Hmm. I think there's a lack of creativity. hundred percent chances. And I mean, I think you guys were outshot 11 to five, I think, mm-hmm. with twice less possession. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole second half when we when Frank made the subs, we dominated possession now granted at that point also Moyes is going ah, i got a two nothing lead i'm gonna sit back and soak up the pressure but still west ham had more shots than everton in the at that half. point yeah in so, the second half they ended up having more right, shots right. than them too so what what i was trying to find the words to say that i think i've now figured out is we've spoke about you know well at least everybody around you drew or lost this weekend what well, the problem comes in is burnley ultimately stayed up when they stayed up because of the draws that they got they're at least putting points on the board where Everton at this stage are not putting points on the board at all. And you get, I told you, bring in Sean Dyche, you get six draws by the end of the season, that's good for six points. You're in 14th because everybody from 14th down is garbage. Is that 
is that the fix? Because this morning, and, and this is another travesty I can't believe happened. I knew about Frank Lampard sacking at 9.15 this morning. During the Tottenham game this afternoon, listening on Sirius XM, Everton finally released a statement that Frank was officially sacked. Mm-hmm. And four or five coaches were leaving. Leighton Baines is taking training with another assistant until they find a coach. What is the disconnect here? Why does the media and us know about everything before the board says anything? Why is the board not trying to control that narrative like they did about the threats? Oh, you mean the threats that there was no credible fucking information from the police, that there were no actual threats reported to the police? You mean the headlock that uh, Denise Baxterdale claims that she was put into that is now going, well, I just didn't want to bring any attention to it. Oh, you wanted to bring attention to it two hours before the match at Southampton, uh, at home against Southampton, that you guys weren't showing up for. They are legitimately anger is what I had watching the West Ham match. Not because there was no creativity from Everton, because there wasn't. Not because Frank had lost the team. He had lost him a while ago. It's because I'm watching four pompous assholes with straight faces in the upper deck of the Olympic Stadium standing there looking around like, you know, the castle's burning. They're holding the fucking torch, and they're going, who set the castle on fire? Like, it's, it's fucking idiocy. And then for after the match, um, someone from Sky Sports goes to interview uh, a few of the board, a Mashiri and Kenwright specifically, and Kenwright's answer is, oh, yeah, it's a bad time right now. It's a bad time. Have a fucking answer! You know? Then Mashiri, uh, what, what's going on with Frank? That's not my decision. You own the fucking team! Like, What? The actual fuck. It's, now, it's it's almost like there is an active want from this board to see the team go down because they are actively working against the interest the of the club interest of the club. And then when the fans get upset about it, they're like, well, you're why we fired Rafa. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> F- fuck you. Like, it's just they want to turn and point everything at the fans when. Quite the fans kept them up last season. Exactly. The only reason, like the only reason they're in the Premier League is because of the fans. And it just and Anthony Gordon. It is so well in Pickford. It's so fucking oh. angering. Trash. I'm joking. Yeah, that that the end of that season was all Pickford. But the totally deserved to be a goalie over Ramsdale. The World Cup. It, it's so <laughs> aggravating and angering. Um. Just, just, just see what my club is doing, and there's nothing trying to stop it. Like, and and I talked about last week how I kept saying there was always teams worse than us. There's no teams worse than us right now. We're the worst team, and I mean there are teams that haven't gotten any points at all. Like Southampton hasn't gotten any points since the World Cup. We at least got one. Woo, that magical draw against City because that means something now. Like, right? It, well, Southampton did get three points against you, right? Right. Since it's the World Cup, right. yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few others who haven't. I think Bournemouth hasn't gotten a point, yeah. and there was one other that hasn't gotten a point either. Might it might have been West Ham until today until they beat us on over the weekend. But it just I, I don't even know what to think anymore in my club. And all I can hope is I frankly I don't know who it is they're gonna sign. I would hope that it's Kevin Theowell's 
fucking decision because mm-hmm. he is the director of fucking football and the board and the owner need to get out of the way and let the fucking football people do the football work. And you, you hope that they give him at least a couple of pieces, but with a week and a half left in the window, what the fuck are we going to do? Well, that's like, all going to be panic buys or loans. And, and, you know, I mean, I'd be fine with loans if the loans keep us up. That's, you know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. ultimately I don't want to see my fucking club go down. Of that's course. really the no, long Absolutely, short, 100%. So, oh, I'm going to stop ranting. No, you're good. And I, I mean, I said this, I'll, I'll, I'll end that, that, this little bit of it with, you know what? Once again, to make Arsenal. By the way, that's me cracking a new bottle of Malloy. <laughs> when you. I feel like that's going to be empty by the end of the season. When uh, another <laughs> one, when you, he's already finished one, <laughs> call him DJ Khaled. <laughs> and another one, another one. This is how I feel about it. Nice ooh, big hefty ooh, pour. That's a big. That's, that's two shots. Well, I mean, I did the shot for each West Ham goal. Well, last last week I downed what like four ounces yeah. straight from the neck. Um, when we did our emergency pod with Ryan, I think I was drinking uh, Malort on the rocks because <laughs> out of I a pint glass, I think it was. Yeah. So. <laughs> While you take that. Cheers, boys. At least the Gunners are in first place. Woo. What I will say is when you see Manchester United supporters happy that they have the Glaziers, and when you see Arsenal supporters happy that Kroenke's their owner, because even when times were good, both of our supporters still protested both of those owners. When you look at Everton and we all go, thank God we're not them. Yeah. You know you're not doing something right. Yeah. You know, and that that's really what it boils down to. Southampton nil, Villa one. Villa keep on rolling. Um, why couldn't Unai Emery do this with Arsenal with better players? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Just it kind of annoys me a bit. Um, it's really weird. Uh, I guess it's just unlucky being Arsene Wenger's successor. Uh, they're currently in 11th, but they're just three points off of a potential Europa League spot, and they look much better than they did under Gerrard. Uh, do we think Gerrard will get another chance at another club, or are people, after what's happened with Frank, going to go, Ugh, not so sure? I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Frank get another fucking chance in the Prem. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me. Interesting. I think you definitely see Gerrard get another chance in the Prem. I think that's absolutely the case. Everton? No. <laughs> He's being touted. I've heard. Oh, boy. This is a short walk from his old house. Hey. Uh, don't, um, worry. don't worry. We're going to fuck the next appointment up. It won't be made by Theo Rob, do you think selling Danny Ings, though, is going to be detrimental to Villa, uh, Villa's European aspirations? Danny who? Ings. That was a joke. Uh, I got, bad, yeah. bad one, yeah. Uh, um... <laughs> It's what it feels like breaking Danny Ings already got injured in for West Ham. Yep. Yeah, I, I have him on a fucking fantasy of fucking asshole. Wasn't doing shit anyway. Smokey but. tagged us in that on Facebook. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. He said, here's the update. Sign him on Friday, 20-minute cameo Saturday. Monday, announce he's uh, injured. <laughs> injured for yeah, misses next the next two games. Two games. <laughs> Which is almost a month, right? Essentially, yeah. Uh, Basically. Something worth mentioning. Now, I'm glad that VAR uh, gave a very soft soft foul. But I don't know if that was necessarily a foul on the Ward-Prowse goal that got On El Yunusi. 100%. I mean, it was was a weak-ass call. Yes. It it was a shove. It was a shove, but it wasn't. I don't think it was enough. He was looking for the contact. Uh Uh-huh. I don't don't think it was enough. I'm glad. I mean, trust me. I'm watching that game, and I'm going, please, Villa fucking score. Please, Villa fucking score. Because if they didn't score, we were bottom of the fucking league. And I was sitting there going, come on, Forrest. Fucking hold on to the one nothing win. And come on, Brighton. Get the fucking... 
the point. Get the at least get the point. Don't let them get anything more than a point. And then the very next day, I'm rooting for fucking Leeds to lose to Brentford. I'm rooting for Wolves to lose to City. That's like, it's, I, I should be rooting for my own team to have success. And I was actively rooting for everybody around me, like really actively rooting for them to, to fail. To yeah. fail. Yeah. Oh, we could tell. Our group chat was nothing but you. <laughs> Come on, please hold on to this. Please hold on to that. Don't do that. Four score. Do <laughs> yes. And not a single fucking word about the Everton uh-uh. game. Nothing. There was nothing to fucking say. Yeah. I mean, it was there was nothing to say about that game. It was like, all right, they made the changes at halftime. They put up one good cross. Nothing came of it. And then West Ham just saw it out. It was, ugh. Yeah. So there was a lot of manufactured funniness in this show so far, right? Because... This weekend really didn't toss up anything funny. Here, it actually did. A uh, game was stopped for around 15 minutes because of a drone breaching the walls of the stadium in the air. Okay, fair enough. Security purposes. Call the police. What do we do? All right, we're going to go find it. Drone disappears back out of the stadium. No word from the police. What do we do? New drone comes in. Found out later, it's the police drone. Everybody on the field goes, what drone is that? <laughs> is that the first drone? Is this a new drone? Who owns the drone? What do we do? It was like the Spider-Man meme where the three Spider-Men are pointing and looking at each other like because <laughs> the multiverse just came crashing in on itself. <laughs> I found that very enjoyable. Yeah, that, that was funny. Um, <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> you see the stadium go, oh, fuck, there's a oh, shit. Ah, there's another one. What do we do? Uh, which is Which is great. And then... You had City 3, Wolves nil. No real surprises in this one here. Um, Wolves looked pretty sturdy in the opening 20 minutes, but once the goal came, that was pretty much it, wasn't it? Rare mistake from Saw on that third goal. He's been pretty solid for Wolves. And you could see him just like, fuck. Yeah, and you also had, you got to remember, so Pep sat De Bruyne last week. Right. And he's back today. So he was rested, yeah. Or, sorry, yesterday. Was it today? No, it was yesterday. No, yesterday. It was yesterday. yesterday morning. Um, he had an assist, and he looked good. So maybe that was that like a wake the fuck up kind of bench. Could be. Did you hear what he said about Riyad Mahrez after the Tottenham game? I thought that was kind of harsh. Mm. He said, yeah, we didn't have him the first half of the season, but now that the World Cup's over, he's our boy again. Wow. And you see how he's playing. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, whoa. Fuck? Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Uh, just uh, has outs- anybody checked? Has he dyed his hair again? <laughs> Is he looking for a transfer? <laughs> uh, out, outside observation: uh, KDB has become very cynical. He's getting a, a mouthy. lot of yellows yep. for really kind of like just kind of harsh tackles and he's in the cutting of the a very frustrated figure like his yeah, body language is bad yeah it's it very it's definitely noticeable hey uh jb do you want to trade back me uh phil foden for <laughs> kdb <laughs> <laughs> phil foden had an oversized hoodie on that was like checkered in the stands and he just looked like a 16 year old he, I mean, he already looks young as shit. It doesn't matter but, what he wears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this looked like he was in the halls of Bowie High School back in the day. Okay, <laughs> uh, and that bring up uh, Holland, twenty fifth goal of the season, un- hat trick, un- unreal. I mean, pace for fifty, unreal. It's yeah. what do you gonna say? Talk about it. It's nuts. He ain't no Dixie Dean. <laughs> It's the only thing I have to fucking hold on to. Let me hold on to fucking something. Fuck you it's both, so okay? so bad. He's bringing Wait up the top second. goal scorer from 1938. <laughs> Wait. 
Did you start growing your hair after City signed Holland? No. Before. Okay. Before. You're really similar haircut. Come on. All right. Anyways. Well, good. Leeds no Brentford no. I didn't watch it. Huh? There's only seven minutes of highlights. <laughs> there wasn't anything that happened. Uh, really? Uh, here? Good, good, good shout out. Good shout out for Leeds. Um, they, I mean, pushed, they could use a clean sheet. Yeah, they, but they pushed the tempo. It was it was more them than Brentford. I think Brentford was like, OK, we're in Ellen Road and this is a tough place to fucking play. We're going to get the fuck out of here with a uh, with, with with a with a draw. And well, Leeds only they were the only team with a shot on target. They had five. And um and uh, Raya with, played real well. Uh, Raya, mm-hmm. I, can't, I always get Raya, uh, Raya, Raya Sa and Sanchez all yeah. fucking mixed up. Uh, Two of them are Spanish. One of them's Portuguese. Portuguese. I know, I know, I know that. But anyway, um, when you only have a seven minute highlight package on a network that likes to wank themselves off on their highlights, and a minute thirty of the seven minutes was introducing the teams, <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about the game now. Because there wasn't much to go on. There Robin is, cock. there is. Well, you know, the the cock and the wang he are played. always always interesting things to talk about. The one story coming out of Leeds is that uh, key players in the in the squad have lost faith in Marsh. Nice. Tyler Adams looked the proper shit house for the couple of times he got the ball on the sideline. Started a little bit of a row and shoving match and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now he did well to contain himself, but yeah, things don't. This was a good draw after a string of pretty poor results for Leeds. Um, but I I just don't know what I I don't know what they're gonna be going forward. You, Patrick Bamford scored a couple of peaches against Cardiff in the replay for the uh, FA Cup midweek. Why hasn't he featured for in the Premier League since? Like, what what's happening? He's been getting subbed in, and that's about it. But uh, the good news for Leeds is you know they're going to fuck it off to whoever wins between Aki and the Wood. Probably. You're more than, yeah. Chris Wood? Oh, no. Boreham Wood. Boreham Wood. <laughs> There's too many Woods. The real Wood. <laughs> it's like a weird provincial gangbang. All right, yeah, that's it for the league, man. So let's get on to the betting. Sure money. There's better ways to end segments than that, I just want to say. I mean, that was nah. pretty weak. I mean, you could have ended it on the wood remark. That was, you know, that was a good one to end it on. In fact, I'm going to write that down as a possible title for the show even. What, not Provincial Gangbang? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure Apple Podcasts would be a fan of that one. Uh, Kitty, Kitty decided to pull an us and also lose, so all nice. four of us lost. Sweet, and no bets because it's the FA Cup uh, next weekend, and we'll uh, in touch with Pat next week, and we'll do all that shit. Then. In case you're keeping track at home, just so you know, I'm zero for nineteen. I'm down nineteen hundred dollars. Maybe Kitty needs to reach out to the reason that Kitty is Kitty for some betting advice. Hmm. Mike Rogers needs to play some bets. Heard. I mean, you can never get enough Mike Rogers. Patrick O'Hullahan might have something to say, too. I'm sure he's a proper punter. Championship corner! I've fallen, and I can't get up. Oh, no! I know it's normally my job, but Rob's doing my job tonight, so here is Championship Corner. Yeah, we got Burnley beat West Brom 2-1. to one. Watford tied Rotherham 1-1. One, one. 
Norwich beat Coventry four to two. Uh, striking match with QPR and Swansea one one. Uh, uh, Sunderland beat Middlesbrough two nil. Milwalk one nil over Cardiff, and Stoke with a drubbing against Reading four nil. And we're looking at uh, so top six. We got Burnley, Sheffield, Watford, Blackburn, Norwich, and Millsboro. Top six right now. I wouldn't mind seeing Millsboro. And, and Bur- back Burnley's in. on a heated arm. Oh yeah, big hey, time. Uh, five in a row. Hey, it, it's it's not something you can eat. It's Norwich, not Norwich. Norwich. Nor. Norwich. You're one to correct somebody on pronunciation. Yeah, fuck <laughs> off. Can't even pronounce half your own team. I need my moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to hold on to. Right. Uh, bottom three. Huddersfield, Blackpool, and Wigan. Wigan. Ooh. Huddersfield oh. fell back into the uh, the relegation zone again. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing out of the cha- out of the uh, um, playoff clubs there, I wouldn't mind seeing Middlesbrough come back up. It's been a good old long time since they've been in the Premier League. About like six years, yeah. At least. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them back up. I mean, that, you, right. you know, so Middlesbrough right now is tied with Luton Town and Millwall. I could go with Millwall. We we Millwall, all the prem. We all as long as West Ham stay up. I'm not trading West right. Ham for Millwall. <laughs> we don't want to see Millwall come up, but we want to see Millwall fucking West Ham, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what we especially. It's not so much that we want to see West Ham Millwall at the Olympic Stadium. We want to see West Ham Millwall <laughs> yeah. at, at Millwall. It seems like uh, that's what we want. In East see. London Derby, that's I'd, what I'd, we want. Yeah, I, we don't condone violence, obviously, on the show, but somebody getting stabbed. <laughs> I mean, it seems like one and two are pretty far much and away changeable. Yeah, with Burnley and Sheffield, but uh-huh. ten point difference between third and sixteenth. Big, big shout out to Vincent Company. What he's doing with Burnley, they are playing expansive. Good attacking football. Now it's the kind of football that, when you get promoted to the Premier League, will get you re- relegated really fucking quickly oh, yeah. back to the Championship. But it's it's the complete opposite of what Burnley has been forever. So I'm sure the the supporters, like our like our boy Brighton, is probably fucking loving. Oh watching yeah, for his sure. Club play right now. I uh, that I I didn't tell you this either. One of you on the phone today at all? Um, I accidentally offended a Welsh person today. Rut row. <laughs> That's that that is that is a uh, person you do not want to offend. No. So one of our stores they hurt uh, you real bad. Is another salesman. One of our stores that we share. Guy Jake that works there was talking to me. He listens to the show actually. Shout out. What up, bro? Um, he uh, sup fam. <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to be me, not you. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Uh, so he was talking. We Jake. Fuck Jake. <laughs> so we were talking about the league and da 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 da. And uh, we we're talking a little bit about the championship. I said, you see what Burnley's doing. So with, with Vincent Company coming in, and, and we the segue was Everton potentially hiring Sean Dyche. And I said, speaking of that, you see what Burnley's doing. They got in a very odd managerial, not partnership, because Bellamy is his assistant, but they've got Vincent Company, who is a hard-nosed, staunch defender, and then the borderline psychopath Craig Bellamy is his assistant, and he's Welsh, <laughs> and, and that's how I said it, so it sounded like Welsh people are psychopaths. <laughs> 
that's which is not how I meant it. They kind of are. But the guy that was standing there, the other salesman that was standing there, kind of eavesdropping on us, goes, yeah, I mean, you know, we kind of can be. <laughs> but then he just gave me a look, and I was like, like a psychopath. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, but that's how he took it, and it was quite funny, and I just kind of put my, my foot in my mouth for a minute. It's pretty good. So that's going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Uh, Rob, any parting words? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks Appreciate for it, being as here. As always. Um, next game, Everton Arsenal, February 4th. Ooh. We should do something. Yes. Yeah, we should definitely do something. That sounds um, like a, a February 4th. That's a Saturday? Yeah. I I will lay my head on your laps and cry as you all pet me. But you have nothing to pet. You can still pet me. Oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I can give you We're like Dr. Else. Evil? I don't think so. That's hey, weird. Hey, big boy, I can give you something else to pet. I'll stroke your goat. <laughs> I'll stroke your goat. There we go. That a boy. <laughs> no, but I appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's always fun. And, uh, yeah. Dude, thank you for Up coming the in. Up the arsenal. That's absolutely right. Sammy, any parting words? Fucking Crowley Town's former manager. Did you see this bullshit? I did, actually. That was sent to us by uh, Mr. Brody, wasn't it? Um, You know about this manager from Crowley Town from last year? Okay, so he, uh, League One, uh, League Two side. Um, John Yems. Yeah, so he... Um, you know, he needed to have the darkies and the lighties be separated. Um, he would call the um, uh, Asian former players. Former Crawlertown manager John Yems believes he's owed an apology despite yeah. having committed 12 ag- aggravated branches, breaches, excuse me, of Football Association rules. Da, 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 da. Uh, having called players in his squad, quote, curry munchers, end quote, quote, uh-huh. terrorists, Terrorist. end quote, end quote, Zulu warriors, end quote, among uh-huh. a range of other slurs, and they've banned him for football hold until hold June of 2024. One, one of the other accusations of him was that he hit him with the hard R. Looked right at. And made the black the players unquote, change Zulu in a warders, different changing room. Hit him with the hard R, and, you know, they couldn't, you know, they're not good enough people to dress with their other teammates. Dude's a prick. Because, because, wait for it. You know why he wants the apology? Nobody told him it was racist to say that. I'll what continue. Why does somebody have to tell you that's fucking racist? This is from The Guardian, this article. He wants uh, an apology. He uh, wants an apology. Here we go. Uh, qu- quoted from The Guardian article. In an unrepentant interview on Talk Sport on Thursday, however, Yems downplayed the seriousness of the charges he faced and insinuated the original complaints had been manufactured by players who had grievances with him. Quoting him, the article states, People out there are going to say what they're going to say. I'm saying to you, I wasn't found to be racist. I never used racist language with intent. If anyone is owed an apology... I think I do. All of the abuse I've been getting without people even having the courtesy to ask me. I don't think people have even looked at the case with open-mindedness. And I think if you go in there, there's a few apologies that should be coming my way. He went on to say, The things that I've done wrong have been highlighted to me, and it's shown me there are certain things you can't say or do. If that's the rules now... And the rules d- now. Them to rules now. Them to rules now. And that's what you're supposed to do. Then let people know. I didn't get the fucking memo. I'll apologize to him. I'm sorry that you're a complete and utter fucking cunt. Exactly. Yes. 
But for me, it's the intent of what has been said. I've not purposely gone out to say somebody X, Y, or Z purely because on the color of their skin. No, you just put them in just, a different fucking dressing room, you fucking cunt. You fucking, fucking cunt. Uh, I, I, it's 2023. I, I've Jesus been trying to uh, have us say D back more because I understand the severity of that word. But when it comes to cunts like this, they need to be called cunts because they're racist fucking cunts. It's, it's absolutely Wait, ridiculous. cutting out the C word? For D-bag? Well, we just say D-bag instead. We're trying to. But no, no, no you were fine You're by good. saying it. Trust Don't me. Don't worry you about it. You were fine by saying it. Sue me. No, you were, you were perfectly fine <laughs> because I just said it fucking seven times. Hey, uh, by the way. Nobody ever told me that one, okay? He's a cunt. 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 There. Even doesn't. Fuck you. Yeah. No no one ever told me it was okay to say that. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Fuckers. I've said just, multiple times we're trying to lay off how many times we say the word cunt baker's dozen. Perfect. We just got kicked out of our gig at the fucking Grand Ole Opry, though. <laughs> that, that would you're only allowed eleven cunts. <laughs> that, that would be a great show title, <laughs> cunt thirteen a baker's dozen. But we can't put that. On just call it a baker's party. dozen. That's funny. <laughs> that's foreshadowing. That's that's roping them in, and then I they know. have to then they I have know. to stay and listen to the whole thing for why. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. Next up is injury time, where we review our beers we've been drinking on the side, uh, preview the weekend's action. And Rob, how does one find injury time, if you wouldn't mind telling the good people? Patreon.com forward slash, not backslash, forward slash DU Football Show. I think it is backslash. I think I just fucking pushed the wrong button. Anyway. He's the computer computer guy. We probably shouldn't argue it with him. All right. You can't even spell producer. Okay. Producer, <laughs> producer, <laughs> producer, <laughs> producer Sam. Sorry, I went to PG County Public Schools. Uh, uh, also, by the way, you just threw me off. <laughs> Go check out our brand new and improved Drip Shack uh, and look at our link tree pinned to all of our social medias for all of those appropriate weeks. Till next week, everybody. Bye. Drip Shack. Good night. There's still a post to hit, dumbass. I don't have anything else to say. You covered it all. Honestly, I couldn't have done anything better myself. It was well done. You were okay. I was good, I think. Cunt. (laughs) Now we're more than a baker's dozen, jackass. Good night. Bye. Sam Graham.